preparing tonight. Uh, hopefully nobody has to go out and do any more shopping tonight. Uh, I think we're all covered. Um, at least uh, Amazon uh, should show up one more time, maybe. Who knows, right? But uh, as we think about it, Christmas is like one of those seasons where you do a lot of preparation. Everything goes into building up to this moment, this time you get together, and in the opening of presents or a meal prepared. Unlike any other holiday, there's probably more preparation that goes into this one, isn't there? And we have these times in our lives where we prepare for things and we get things ready to go. And often, being that we live in a broken world, the, the preparation ends up, ah, some things get in the way, don't they? There's some hurdles, some challenges that can get in the way, some frustrations. And sometimes there's pain and heartache that can get in the way as well. Uh, sadness. And so as we look at this and we talk about this, we're entering upon a family who is preparing to be a family. Now, in the Jewish culture for Joseph and Mary, that was quite a long preparation once you're betrothed. There's a whole process and gifts and everything builds up to that moment where they get to come together. And then after that, they have days and days of feasting. Didn't go the way they planned, did it? <laughs> An angel interrupted Mary, told her she was going to be having a child. The Holy Spirit would come on her and she would conceive and give birth to a child. Joseph soon would be visited by that same angel telling him, don't divorce her quietly. I know your plans have been interrupted, all your preparations, but you're going to have a son. You're not going to know your wife until after you're married. And people are going to wonder why she's pregnant, but you are going to commit to her and take care of her. Then in the midst of that, being pregnant is hard enough, I imagine. At least I've observed it, haven't experienced it. But uh, it's hard enough. Then you've got to get on a donkey and go on the ride. I don't see many women uh, raising their hand to volunteer for that in the midst of pregnancy in probably the second or third trimester. Uh, and so that's where we pick this up in Luke chapter 2. And so Caesar being a fairly confident leader, Caesar Augustus, wanted to know how big his place had gotten, wanted to brag a little bit. So he took a decree and he wanted a census, everybody to be registered. And so uh, all went to be registered, each to his own town. So Joseph had to go up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and line of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn and a son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And we know the story, right? They get into town, and, and I really think they probably got into town the way I'd always pictured it growing up as they get into town and then went in. And Jesus was born that night immediately. Um, uh, but it was most likely they, they had a little bit more time in the town and had a little bit of time maybe to prepare, to get ready for the baby coming. And, um, you know, if you've ever prepared, you set up your crib and everything, and, and yet they didn't have anything to prepare. And Joseph, being a carpenter, perhaps he spent some time uh, looking around that manger, that stall, and, and getting all the things cleaned up from the animals, trying to make it as comfortable as possible for his wife. And maybe perhaps he, he 
built one or, or added to it or at least cleaned it up, I would hope. <laughs> uh, the manger, the trough, the feeding trough. Could have been wooden, it might have been stone. And uh, this is where the baby Jesus was going to be placed. And uh, in the midst of all those preparations, and it's often that you, you want to be able to give a gift. You want to be able to give something that matters. And, and often the gifts that make the most difference in our lives sometimes are the ones that people put the most effort into. And so uh, thinking of wooden gifts, I pulled this out of our basement. It still gets ridden some, but we got this, uh, I think it's 12 to 13 years ago. Um, and this was made here by uh, Grandpa John Bose. He had a friend who uh, offered to take him in his wood shop, so he made a couple of these and gave them to grandkids. We only had Naomi at the time. And so um, they put this together. And that man, in fact, he was uh, diagnosed and was uh, dying. He's gone to be with the Lord, but he wanted to pass things on and bless other people. And so, young one, you can check the craftsmanship later, but... This thing has survived. Four kids and lots of cousins and guests coming over, and it's only lost one ear. And that's it. Well, and the stirrups, so not too bad. It's good job, Ben. Well made. And uh, But you think of this, it's pretty special. You know, you get to ride it. It's pretty sturdy, and it's a gift that comes with memories and builds memories within it. And um, when we think about Christmas, it, it kind of just... I sit there in awe and wonder at the fact that so little things in our world are unifying or happen globally, and yet around the world, this very evening, Christmas is being celebrated and thought of by people. And people are giving gifts and celebrating, and and you can go and you can study and Google about four, five, six, maybe seven different theories on where did Christmas come from? Is it Christian? Is it not? And yet, the point of the matter is that Christ is still being celebrated. His birth is still impacting the world. And, you know, in the midst of that evening when Jesus was born, um, you know, Joseph didn't get that privilege of, you know, he actually knew ahead of time. He's probably the only guy of that time period that knew ahead of time that he was having a boy. Because they had no way to figure that out. Um, But if they were going to go out and make an announcement, you would go, you'd celebrate with your family, people would be waiting to hear, and yet they were separated and isolated. Now that piece of the story was taken away from them. And yet, the Heavenly Father, God the Father, celebrated that night. So I think it's good that we celebrate at Christmas. He celebrated. And how did he celebrate? How did he announce it? Well, in verse 8 it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. They were filled with absolute fear fear at the beauty of these angels. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And so, we just read that, right? And that's our common story. 
wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But for them to hear that, to hear of a baby who's going to be lying in a manger, they must have thought that's pretty strange. And it was obviously not the norm because it was the clue that you found this baby. (laughs) You found the right one. And yet um, God here breaks in and he announces, and he didn't just go and announce. He could have done it to anybody in the world. Yeah, he did it to the shepherds. He did it to the ones who were the humble and the ones who smelled. People didn't want to be around them. The ones that were ostracized. He went out and gave them the gift of this birth announcement of Jesus being born. And what did the angels say? The angels proclaimed glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. But when the angels went away from them back into heaven, they said, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in and they looked and, and I often imagine, and I wonder how that search process went. <laughs> um, we don't get a to hear about it, but that's what's kind of fun about the Bible and the stories that we read in it. Um, We can imagine how they happened and going from door to door, looking around and and finally finding a couple with a baby in a manger. And they go in and worship and, and Joseph and Mary, who didn't get that celebration they had anticipated, got a gift from God that evening of them coming in and it says Mary treasured those things in their heart. And wasn't until I really became a, a parent myself and you get gifts like this and that you treasure these things in your heart. We begin to understand that. And so as they treasured this, they realized that, you know, they have received a gift from God. And they would soon be greeted in the temple and uh, by Simeon and by Anna, uh, the prophetess, and they would celebrate the baby Jesus being dedicated. And then uh, the Magi would come much later and visit them and give gifts. They share all these things because they're all good things that we do at Christmas that our Heavenly Father did. He celebrated his son's birth. He made an announcement about it. He proclaimed it. Uh, There was singing and rejoicing over his son being born. And then there were gifts that came because Jesus was born. And so all of these things tie in with what we do indeed and what we celebrate at Christmas time. And yet, as we think about that, we think about, and we often say, the greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus was in heaven, and we learn in the book of Philippians chapter 2, he was seated on high, and he, he did not consider that position something to be held on to, something to be wrestled for. And so he set that aside and descended, taking on the nature of a child, fully God, fully man, in the little manger. Unbelievable, really, that God could do that and would do that. For God so gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so gave... God gave the gift of Jesus. God is the best giver of gifts that we have ever had. And yet he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, as a gift. Do we view Jesus as a gift in our lives? Do we, do we celebrate him? Do we sing about him? It's so amazing to me as we, we look here in, in this passage and we, and we see the entrance of 
God into our story to rescue and redeem us. Knowing that he would start off in this wooden manger and then end up on a wooden cross, sacrificing his life for us. It's unbelievably amazing how much God loves you and I and what he has done for you and I. You see, we can give gifts, we can give presents. There's so many things we can do to bless each other and to celebrate and to get this feeling. And yet, inside of our hearts and our souls, there's a stirring for more. Nothing's going to satisfy that you can give. Nothing's going to be the best present ever that will last them their entire life. Although this has withstood a good test of time. Every gift fades. There's always something new to chase after. And yet the gift that God gave, his one and only son, is special. And we have a a thing in our hearts, I believe, that's longing for that. It's longing to be fulfilled, longing for hope, longing for peace, longing for eternity. Even the most staunch opposer of Jesus Christ has an inkling that what is there after this life? Is this really just it? Doubts and moments of wondering. And see, there's something else that's special about this gift here, and I'll show it to you, and this is... uh, it's here underneath. It says Naomi Grace, that's her name, July 23rd and her birthday. And then it says Mark 10:14. let the children come to me for um, heaven belongs to such as these. We love you from Grandma and Grandpa Bose. You see, there's an inscription here from the maker, from the creator of this. There's an inscription in your heart from your creator saying, I love you. Come to me. Come to my kingdom. I have written in your heart my own image. You're created in the image of God. If you don't remember anything from this this Christmas Eve, just stop and think about the fact that God created you and his imprint is on your heart. He wants you to be used what you're made for. We didn't get this to be displayed, to be put up and now don't touch it. We got it was made to be used and to be lived on and to be bruised and nicked and cuts in it to show that it was loved. Jesus came down living amongst us, bruised, hungry, crying as a baby because he loves us. And he gave out, and his whole life was poured out for us on the cross. And yet, in your own hearts, Jesus is calling out to you. He's saying, live for me. Find purpose in the here and now. Fulfill what you were made for. I designed you to follow me and to lead others to me and to worship me. And in following me, you'll find the most joy this world has to offer and the most hope in the midst of brokenness, frustrations, even separation by a distance. And so this evening, I I encourage you to stop and ponder and, and quietly think about the amazement of Christmas, the amazement of Jesus coming down as a gift, and most of all, the amazement that 
we aren't just physical bodies. We have a soul. And God desires that relationship with you. And if you already know him, he wants that relationship to be stronger. He wants you to be used out and poured out in 2020 for him. He wants you to use the gifts that he's given you to bless others and to build others up. And if you don't know him, he's calling out to you and he's saying, there's no greater purpose in this world than to follow me. There's no greater story to be told than the one of Jesus' life and his death and then his resurrection. You need to respond to it this evening. You need to trust that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you indeed gave us the gift of your one and only Son. Not only did you give us him as a gift to bless the people he was amongst, to, to bless the family he was born into, but to bless all of us. 2,000 plus years later, we still, the whole world, feels the ripple effect of this one baby being born. It's undeniable. It's not myth. It's fact. He's a real man who walked the planet. What are we going to do with him? What are we going to do with the gift of his life given to us? Lord, I pray that we would be inspired to live for you and strive to be used out, just as this rocking horse was used out. Use us for your purposes. And Lord, would you reach into the heart of anyone who's wondering, are you real? Can I trust in you? Give them that gift of eternal life and hope found only in Jesus Christ. And even this very evening, thousand miles away, I lift up Jeremiah, separated from his friends and family, there in the desert, I pray that you would bless him with the gift of peace and hope and endurance to the end in the next few months. Lord, we thank you for this evening, for the family we have built here at Incline and in this community. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our tradition here at Incline, usually it's on the Sunday before Christmas, but it's, we're going to stand up, and as best we can, we're going to make a circle. Because see, in schools, they don't allow me to burn things as much as I love to burn candles. So if we can go ahead, some people come up here, old ends with me, and then we'll kind of cut through maybe Pastor John's row and then fill around. And the lyrics will be up there for our Away in the Manger. And then um, we'll hold hands for that.